Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 63 with Dave Eng. Really cool guy working at the intersections of digital education, game design, and gamification of learning. Uh, so he's doing a couple of different things right now in all those fields and linking out to all of them in the show notes for this episode. But uh, Dave is just a really nice guy, really passionate, really thoughtful. Uh, I've talked to him previously for the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast, so I'll link out to that as well. But uh, Dave just had some really insightful things to share about the work that he's doing, and I'm really excited that he's being able to uh, just utilize all the the cool stuff that he's into to really uh, just help people and uh, make some really fun games and just help further uh, really high-quality digital education uh, through a myriad of different uh, facets. So uh, definitely connect with him and uh, enjoy this episode number 63 with Dave Eng. I'm, I'm glad you said geeky toys because I also have my um, my board game collection, which I keep actually in the living room, so you can't see it here, but that is my, I guess, my equivalent of geeky collectibles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I need to get. I need to get more board games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no one, no one says they need more board games. You, you should acquire more board games. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, I've had like a like I've had the ones that I've had for a while, which I love. But I'm also just like, well, I'd like to have like more options for people if they come over. So like, there you go. I guess yeah, it's like the you know uh, slippery slope. But um, I know, I know. Well, what are you yeah. are you playing right now? Do you have any um? Like, uh, well, tell me what's in your collection. Um, well, all I have right now, I guess the most recent one's just like Ticket to Ride, which I never owned myself. Always like kind of played mm-hmm. at other people's places and then like Cards Against Humanity, Apples to Apples. There's like, right, a, right. um, oh, what is it called? Um, it's like Geek Battle. It's like a trivia game, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and some other like card based like trivia games. Um, yeah. Well, Ticket to Ride's a, it's definitely a solid one. It's the one that most people, when they first get into like, modern board gaming um that's one of them yeah tickets right yeah, yeah my brother's like really into like he gets into like even like more like role-playing based board games and stuff like that. oh um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Cool. that's a whole different animal though yeah <laughs> um well, i'm glad to be talking to you again i know it's yeah. been a while yeah we, yeah last time we talked it was a uh, student student spectacular student yeah spectacular um yeah i mean uh it'll be cool because yeah like i'm revisiting um some guests like just people i know that are like good for it kind of thing like there's like good guests mm-hmm. and definitely fit in with like the higher ed geek kind of uh <laughs> vibe and stuff so um yeah it'll be great to uh to catch up and everything and i'm gonna see because yeah i forget exactly when uh we recorded last time but just uh, i guess generally what's happened in the past couple of years or so but um yeah i mean we'll dive in here if you want to um like well i'll, I'll link back to the prior episode that we did um that was on like gamification and stuff, which I'm sure will come up again, uh, you know, come up again here, so people can kind of do their homework if they want to listen to the uh, kind of prologue here. But mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, if you just want to uh, start off with introducing yourself uh, briefly and kind of uh, you know, kind of cliff notes, I guess, of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. Sure. Um, so thanks for having me again, Justin. My name is Dave Eng. Uh, I am currently an educational technologist in New York University. Uh, I also um, run two organizations. One of them is University XP. Um, it's my um, business that does consulting with uh, education, games, gamification, games-based learning, and also some game design. And I also run uh, the Job Hacker. I'm the provost there. Um, that is my consulting company on uh, student affairs career development, specifically for entry-level student affairs professionals, um, 
uh, more specifically those that are in graduate school right now and are conducting their first full-time job search um, uh, in their professional lives and also in, uh, in higher ed. Uh, and then most recently, I was appointed as a clinical professor in the um, uh, human uh, and human applications and technology program over at uh, NYU, uh, and I'm teaching um, online teaching and learning. And uh, I am also a professor of practice now at Troy University in their tabletop design program. So that is, um, those are all what I'm currently doing right now, but my background has been in um, higher education, uh, student affairs. Um, this is, uh, Student affairs was my, my second career. I first worked in advertising, but um, worked mostly in the Northeast um, in student activities, student engagement, service learning, uh, study abroad, and also uh, some residential life. So uh, that is my background. Um, I, I think that since we talked last, uh, a lot has happened, uh, and I'm just looking forward to catching up. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll uh, dig in with uh, each of those pieces of your current work because they all sound very cool and a lot of it uh, very properly geeky, uh, mm -hmm. which I appreciate. Um, mm -hmm. But I guess, you know, uh, because what I love hearing from like people who are who work professionally within higher ed, even you know outside, because it's kind of like my world, you know, working with students who are coming up through, you know, getting their uh, degrees and such. Um, I'm just curious, I guess, if like anything, and you know, you mentioned like starting out in advertising and maybe kind of like the connective tissue pieces or kind of how you want to take it, but like, what were those like formative experiences for you, like in college and like you know, those early years that you feel like are still resonating with you that you still think about if it's maybe like a piece of advice or a mentor or something that you're involved in, like, what are those kind of like pieces of your origin story that like seem like they kind of are always salient or like always kind of relevant to you, even though you've done a lot of different things and, you know, uh, really now kind of breaking out on your own with these like different ventures and different things like that. I guess I'm just curious, like, you know, if, if it's just from like undergrad, uh, college experience or anything, I guess maybe from like those early career days. Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that because uh, I saw myself um, when I went to the University of Hartford for undergrad um, that I I saw going to college as an opportunity to reinvent yourself. And I know a lot of students that I've worked with in the past and a lot of um, graduate students that I've mentored um, see that as well. And there's this like transformative process that I feel has permeated a lot of different stages in my life. So when I went to the University of Hartford, I just knew that I wanted to go to school out of state. And I only got into two schools, uh, Hofstra University and the University of Hartford. So I went to the University of Hartford. And there, um, the way I summarize it for a lot of people is that um, college is great, except for the fact that I have to go to class because everything I was doing um, uh, that I, I felt most were most memorable was happening outside of class. Like I started my own improv group. I was... Um, a red cap, which is an orientation leader at mm. that uh, at that institution. Uh, I worked for the student union. That's where I met my mentor, who was the the director of the student union and student activities there. Uh, I was also the president of my fraternity, and I just loved that aspect of college. And I think that's what got me into student affairs because I, I ended up to this point where um, I, I I asked my advisor, I was like, hey, listen. Um, I think I want to change my major, but I want to change it to something where I can still graduate on time. And my advisor just said, well, you have enough credits to graduate with a degree in communications advertising. You want to do that? And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. <laughs> like not even really thinking about it. So that was kind of my career path. I, I worked in uh, New York City for a little bit as a in advertising as a um, uh, like a layout editor and copywriter. And I just did not like it. And uh, one of my colleagues uh, and friends, uh, Stacy Ripke, told me about the NYU Student Affairs Program. And everything she described to me, I was like, oh, I can do that 
full time as a job, you know, like student activities, uh, student engagement, um, student union works, so all all of that great stuff. So that's kind of what um, moved me in that direction. And I changed again. So when I went to uh, college, I was a different person. I changed to an advertising major. Now I was a student affairs professional. And I worked in student affairs for quite some time, over 12 years. Uh, and then I've since transitioned again to now not specifically directly working in, in student affairs, but working adjacent to it. I still work in higher ed. I'm teaching now. I support faculty work. Um, I um, still advise student affairs professionals. And now I see kind of myself as uh, I, I strive to be like a modern day renaissance man, trying <laughs> to be a polymath and be and learn as much as possible about as many different fields as possible. And it's easier said than done, but I feel like it's a goal worth pursuing because for me, um, being able to understand the world and the people in it is the most important thing for me to get out of my, I guess, time here on earth to be really uh, re- introspective. But um, like knowing and um, being able to understand others and, and how things works is is the most important part for me. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I imagine like with that point of view, like even like that core of like the learning that you had in your undergrad of like communication stuff, it's like, like to communicate is to be human, you know, like you have to still mm-hmm. be able to like articulate ideas and whether that's like done through a course or done just like working with other people and colleagues and that kind of stuff. Like, I guess, do you still see some of that kind of stuff like pop up where you were at least able to kind of get that formal education early on that is at least still useful, perhaps as sort of like a, um, like ability skill set kind of thing? Like, does that still kind of come up? Yeah. Um, so like, I know there's a, there's a debate right now about, um, you know, higher education in general and kind of the direction that the field is going specifically, like, uh, it's debatable about like the cost of education since Mm -hmm. it's been inflating and, um, also debate about like kind of the outcomes of it, which are all, um, I think valid points, but, uh, and I'm coming from a privileged perspective because I've been able to benefit from, I guess, all three levels of higher education, bachelor's, master's, and doctorate is that education is important. However, the way it affects everyone is going to be subjective and different. So some individuals benefit greatly from higher ed. Me, I'm really glad I had the opportunities because I wouldn't be able to get where I am today. Whereas other people, it may not be the you know may not be the best fit. Some students are are best fit to go to like um, uh, state schools where they can best afford it. Some of them have the privilege of going to really elite private schools. Some of them, um, you know, could benefit by going to a community college first or a junior college, just seeing how higher ed works for them and going on from there. So I say I think one of the biggest um, hurdles to get over right now in higher education is where does higher education fit into the lives of most Americans? For some of them, it, it is a it, it's a great boon and it's a great um, uh, it is a great opportunity for them to take advantage of. And I think that if you are um, capable and you're willing and you can invest your your time and energy into doing so, then you should do it. However, um, know that it is an investment. It's not just something. It's higher education is not a commodity that you just buy. It's something that you have to invest in, and the first person you invest in is yourself. Yeah. Well, I get, yeah, it's the idea that, like, to some people, it's like, oh, I don't even use my undergrad degree. Like, it was a waste <laughs> of time. But it's like, yeah, like you said, it's going to be very, like, subjective where, you know, the way that I look at it for me, it's like I graduated with a history undergrad degree. But it, mm-hmm. it just very much informed my, like, contextual understanding of just, like, the world, that everything kind of had, like, a cause and effect of why we're here 
today is just a series of choices and decisions and you know mm -hmm. consequences and those sort of things so like there is like a roadmap that we can kind of trace back to see like oh okay yeah i mean like we created this policy which did this or didn't do that you know like it, it there's always like a context for um anything that exists you know uh, and yeah like you said you just kind of have to sometimes really like reflect and find that um you know find what you got you know from it reflecting mm -hmm. like like you know because like you said it could be you know you found like a mentor or um some people it is through like uh like a greek organization you know like finding a, a community and network and affinity and those sort of things that can just kind of live beyond the bounds of uh the time that you were at college but um yeah, yeah, it's all interesting stuff. I mean, yeah, big questions, mm -hmm. and I feel like uh, what I always say, it's just like, man, it's like always like a, a topic for another podcast. But um, <laughs> it is like really good things to think about, and I think it, it is definitely like what uh, you know higher education is grappling with. And I hope that uh, you know we do just see. I think the value, at least, of people engaging in this world is like kind of that um, thing that society should invest in because I think it can be so meaningful to so many people and just like uplifting them and helping them to. Mm -hmm. um, figure out like what are your strengths what are you good at and how can you kind of contribute and provide value to uh, right. the world and those sort of things but um so yeah i mean you've had you know like you said all these kind of formative uh, academic experiences and uh now kind of with all that and the work experience that you've had you're doing uh, really cool stuff so i mean if I guess if you can go through each like really quickly, but we could kind of go through each and kind of pause and process or whatever. But like mm -hmm. with all the things that you're doing now, like what's really engaging you about like, I mean, maybe just at the kind of higher up level, like the diversity of things that you're doing, like just the value in that, like what, what, what you're getting out of just doing many different things and then mm -hmm. maybe what you're getting out of each of them because i guess you know some people it is just like the the focus is important just like i'm going to do one thing do it really well but i know you know a lot of people do also have like side projects like they do want to be like you know speaking or um writing and podcasting you know like all this sort of thing like i, I found value of that as like a creative outlet so mm -hmm. um i guess yeah just talk about that or just all the current work that you're doing now and kind of what, what's engaging you and what you're what you're getting out of it so I think that my the work I'm doing at NYU right now, working in educational technology, has been really uh, great and incisive and interesting because um, unlike student affairs, I don't work directly with students anymore. I work with faculty members directly. And at the School of Professional Studies, most of our faculty members are subject matter experts, SMEs, SMEs, in different industries. And they are you know, experts. They're top of their field, top of their game, but they may not have ever taught before. And consequently, they may not have ever taught online. So mm -hmm. when I work with these different faculty members, it's not only an aspect of um, describing what pedagogy and andragogy and the, the specific student experience is, but it's helping translate that course that's living inside of their head right now on the paper and then eventually online. Because you know, teaching is not an easy thing to do, and then teaching online for the first time is going to be doubly complicated. So. Uh, like a, a lot of the faculty members we work with are incredibly, um, incredibly talented and well connected. But when it comes to teaching and learning online, that is an area of challenge and growth for a lot of them. So I think that is a um, uh, that is one of the areas that I, I enjoy working with most because there all of this great knowledge is living within them, but it needs to be uh, it needs to be connected through students through these courses that they're teaching. Uh, specifically working with um, uh, the job hacker has been very good because I think that uh, all of the time I'd spend in student affairs, I had always had mentees of some sort, either at conferences, through NYU, my graduate program, um, through professional relationships, anything else. And 
for the most part, all my mentees were entry-level student affairs professionals, and they kept asking me the same questions about the student affairs job search. So uh, when I decided to leave working directly in student affairs, I started this company because I saw this as an opening to serve this specific population. While there are companies out there that do executive searches for like directors, deans, VPs, and above, no one is really directly serving entry-level student affairs professionals. Sure, uh-huh. there were like um, opportunities at events like um, NASPA, the Placement Exchange, or NACA, uh, or um, uh, ACPA with um, uh, some of the programs that they're running, but I, I didn't really see anyone that was doing anything comprehensive with entry-level student affairs professionals, which is uh, the group that I work with most um, most frequently. Uh, University XP is an organization that, uh, an, uh, another consulting business I founded because my doctoral dissertation was on games-based learning, and this was something that I had created because I just thought it would be fun. So for both the Job Hacker and University XP, I'm blogging on a weekly basis. Job Hacker is more applications-focused, like what you should be doing in a job search and how to best manage your own job search, whereas University XP is just like, I am just talking because I find what I'm talking is interesting. Uh, what I'm talking about is interesting. Like, well, my latest post at University XP was about the ethics of gamification. Like, gamification is already up around us in many different formats. But have you really thought about, like, what is the impact on individual users and players? And I don't know if you've ever seen the Black Mirror episode, Nosedive. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that is an application of gamification where there are severe ethical ramifications of using this rating system. If you haven't seen, if your audience has not seen Nosedive, um, the Black Mirror episode, uh, I suggest you check it out on Netflix or you use your uncle's brother's father's cousin's, you know, former <laughs> college roommate's Netflix account and check it out. Um, but a summary of the episode is that everyone lives in this world where everyone is rated on a five-point scale. And the things that you can do, the places that you can go, the things that you can buy is all based on your rating. So you're incentivized to have only positive interactions with everyone else. And while that sounds good on its face, it is actually not great in practice. So um, I enjoy writing about those topics because I think a lot of it is just more of a thought experiment for me than anything else. Uh, And then teaching at Troy University in NYU um, has been interesting so far. Uh, I've taught online before. Um, well, this is different because these are going to be for um, uh, for NYU per, for professional populations. So I'm teaching, I guess, it, like a, in a meta sense, I am teaching others online how to teach others online in, in, in uh, online courses. And for Troy University is interesting because I'm also teaching that class online, but it is a tabletop design class. So it is... It is challenging in order to um, communicate different aspects of game design, specifically in a medium that is non-digital, and teaching them through a, a digital medium. So <laughs> it, it's it's challenging so far, but uh, I see it as an opportunity for me to continue stretching in that area that I was talking about with University XP. Um, but I, I enjoy all of it. I'm, I have my hands in a lot of pies right now, so I'm, uh, I'm pretty busy, but I do enjoy uh, what I'm doing right now and, the, and the, the direction all of it is taking me. Yeah, I mean, and it's just like, I think you've curated a lot of knowledge or it's stuff that you're sort of engaging with and, you know, with stuff like you did for your doctor. Like, it's like you're not confining it to like, oh, it's just like a book on a shelf or something like that. Like, yeah, it's there. I mean, if somebody literally wanted to read it, I know, you know, typically it's uploaded and sort of like, you know, available for posterity, but you're also like actively engaging people in stuff that you've sort of curated. And um, 
I think that's so helpful because it's like so many people like write amazing things for like papers for like, you know, like different programs that they're in and for courses and stuff. But then like nobody ever gets to see them except their faculty member. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's like really cool if you're like, yeah, I was thinking about this like sort of, you know, theory of student development or something. And it's like, make it a blog post or like make it a conference presentation or something like mm-hmm, try to mm-hmm. get that knowledge and that stuff that you're thinking about out there. And I, I appreciate that you've like made yourself very available to like, you know, teach courses to engage people on mm-hmm. teaching online and tabletop design. And then, yeah, like helping people with job search stuff and all of that. Um, this very kind of like, you know, serving people however and wherever they might need it. Cause yeah, it's like difficult, like with the tabletop stuff, like you said, to teach it in a digital way, but it's also like, well, if you were to do it in person, then it just, you know, it'd be unfortunate now because we have so many great tools to be able to uh, create high quality digital education. So it's like, okay, well, only if you can come in person during this time to where mm-hmm. I am, mm-hmm. you can, you just like, so it's just like, oh, it'd be a shame if that was the case. Like it does, you know, it would lend itself to be a, a even more, you know, kind of tangible and visceral and all that. But um yeah, just kind of like looking at it as like a like an opportunity, you know, to figure out like, okay, well, how would I do this so that I could reach more people, um, you know, anywhere they are, and how to uh, design like create like tabletop games and stuff. So, yeah, one of the uh, things I was uh, struggling with was, um, you know, I, I was talking to a colleague, and I I was talking about the blog, and I was like, you know, I'm thinking about writing all these this stuff, but what am I what if I'm wrong about all you know like everything I know about games and gamification and games based learning what if I'm wrong and I'm just like spreading misinformation out there kind of like this imposter syndrome mentality and what he said was what if you're right and no one knows hmm. right if you know if you're right and no one knows about it then what is what is the bigger loss you know and now I think I see myself I see that in practice now because I'll write about something on university XP about games or anything else and you know people will comment and they'll they'll ask questions really incisive questions and not to be combative or anything but like they're really challenging what I'm thinking and the kind of the conclusions I've made and I guess my my background now um in uh, academia you know it forces me to cite my sources and make those make sure that those those conclusions are supported so i uh, i i guess i may not use everything i learned as an undergrad but um since i graduated from northeastern with my doctorate i've i write and i research every day and it's something that has become it's not just an exercise anymore but it's part of like what i do on a regular basis and part of my identity yeah yeah, I think that's a that's a, a great way to look at it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, well, I guess then it sort of connects. I mean, obviously, like it's, it's just just all stuff that you you know are really interested in, and you know uh, you personally find interesting. So you mm-hmm. know you're kind of uh, sharing it and not hogging it or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so I guess like what are you like geeking out about right now? If there are like really good examples of things that you're like using in your courses to help showcase mm-hmm. like concepts or something, or um, yeah, anything like that. I mean, if it's like personal or professional or anything, just like what what are you geeking out about right now? Sure. So uh, one of the projects I'm working on at NYU right now is uh, it's going to be a quote unquote global project. So it's going to affect NYU uh, here in New York, um, as well as online in all of our global campuses. And it's going to be a, uh, a, a university wide um, initiative on training others on what microaggressions are and how to work in them as a student, as a faculty member, as an administrator, and how to uh, negate some of the negative effects that happen with it. So it has it's a project with gigantic scope. And I'm working with one of our VPs on it, um, but we're creating it from scratch. 
meaning um, you've ever worked with anyone that's put together a course before, like normally you kind of have like, you know, what are the learning outcomes for your class? It's something that came down from like the chair or something else. Like this is what this is what the class is and this is what you're going to get out of like the eight or 16 weeks. This one we're creating it from the ground up. So we don't we don't even know. We know the title of the class, but that's pretty much it. So we're creating this content from the ground up. And I really see opportunities here where um, some of what I know in gamification and games-based learning can be used in in application in this process. Uh, But again, I kind of have that mentality of, you know, I think this would be great. Um, You know, all my my background and my expertise thinks that this would be a great addition to this class. But, um, you know, I don't know if it'll work. But I I kind of rely on that fact. Well, you don't if you don't at least try or you don't at least try to implement what you think might work, then you'll never know. So that's kind of one of those areas where we're treading on unfamiliar ground right now. And it's, you know, it's kind of exciting. It's kind of scary. And it's going to have gigantic reach because it's going to be, you know, every NYU location around the world in addition to here and, and also online. So it's huge. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's like, that's one of those things I think the, you know, some of those things are done as like workshops in person for like orientation courses, but it's like, how can we like do that? But again, like digital and sort of asynchronous, like people to mm-hmm. engage with this content, and make it high quality and make sure that is like, yeah, like we decide what the learning outcomes would be and I hope that it achieves that and be able to, you know, measure like completion rates and um, things like that. Cause I mean, that's like part of the value of it, making it into a more digital um, mm-hmm. learning mm-hmm. module versus it just being like a facilitated workshop. But um, man, that's really cool. I mean, and it's like stuff like that where it's just like, those are like very worthwhile things to geek out about. Like I appreciate when people <laughs> put in like a lot of enthusiasm and energy and uh, all that. So, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll jump to like, you know, with all of that, like anything, again, it can be more fun or um, more kind of like educational or, or, you know, maybe it's a little bit of both or whatever, but um, like stuff that you're reading, watching, listening to, and just sort of like, you know, what value that's kind of like bringing to your life. And um, yeah, I mean, like any of the stuff that we could, I guess, uh, include in the show notes for people to check out. All right. Um, so I think that um, uh, I read a lot of different diverse sources. So uh, like I did at the very beginning read a lot of Chronicle and Inside Higher Ed because, you know, working in student affairs, it's good to be appraised of that, those different um, those different aspects there. I write a lot on my blog at universityxp.com. I also read, um, uh, let's see, there's Ed Surge, uh, there's Evolution. Mm-hmm. Those are two really good sources for kind of ed- educational technology, information technology. Um, I also read, uh, let's see, there's a Jasper Jules blog or Jasper Jules blog on on gamification and um, game based learning and basically like ludology, the study of games. Uh, I guess in terms of watching, um, so I am a well, I guess it's over now. Game of Thrones fan. I was watching a lot of Alt Shift X because he does um, kind of like the incisive review on each Game of Thrones episode. I don't know if you are a Game of Thrones fan. Or have seen that channel before, but mm-hmm. he's like one of my favorite YouTubers that I watched. I don't know what he's going to do now, now that the series is over, but I have been watching that. And just um, uh, right now, I guess to get over my Game of Thrones fix, I've been watching Chernobyl on HBO, which uh, I realized that I was like one of the only people that started watching that show that knew how it ended. Because I had, I for some reason, I had studied that disaster, I think, in like um, high school or elementary school or something else. So I kind of knew what was happening, but every, everyone else treated it as like you know like a drama where you don't know what's going to happen next and to be honest with you after watching it it's a great drama because um 
like kind of like the 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 incisive um the the incisive thing that i i i've discovered for a lot of good television and uh, movies is that um especially as i've gotten older um i may not always agree with everything that characters do or say on screen but if i can empathize with them and if i can understand their motivation and their viewpoint i think that is great film and television like i don't have to agree with what they're doing but i want to be able i want to understand why this character is doing it and what their motivation is and i think picking up on those nuances like in the, the first couple seasons of game of thrones uh westworld is also a great show i feel like i'm, I'm doing like an ad for hbo right now <laughs> uh, game of thrones westworld um uh chernobyl right now um they're just all all great um like character studies on, on why these people do what they do. And again, I may not agree, but I empathize with their position. I think that's the most interesting thing to watch for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, just watching a lot of television. Yeah. It's like, you can start to see like, and compare examples of like, yeah, like good examples of that, of like really good character development. And then like you understand their thinking and then, when it's not done well, it's just like very like whiplash of like, why is this character behaving in this? I don't understand. <laughs> like they're yeah. just like, it's all, oh, it's convenient for this episode to make them do this. And the next episode will be completely different. Um, but uh, yeah. And I guess like Chernobyl, like it's, I'm forgetting exactly when it happened, but it, it must be long enough that, yeah, like people forgot that that was the thing that happened. And, and again, right. it's like a history major of like, I don't you know, like a faint familiarity with that. I know that the, like just that name kind of sticks out to me and it's like, I know what happened, but it's also like, Oh, I don't remember exactly when it happened or like what happened with it. But like, yeah, it's like, I know how it ended, you know, like it's basically yeah, like yeah. Titanic. It could be people are like, Oh, I don't know the exact details, but it's like, <laughs> I know what happened there. Um, but yeah, I've heard, I've heard good things about that. That seems like it's uh people's like um rebound of, of uh, game from of game of thrones yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like hey, if you still have your like hbo subscription for like another month and you know check <laughs> that out um so yeah i mean all good recommendations i think good uh good diversity of stuff there and um i think yeah i mean it's just like engaging with really good stories like you said it can, it can like really build like the empathy of like because i think if most people exist in a way where it's like oh, I wouldn't have made that decision so that like that person is wrong or that's like bad or whatever. It's just like, you would be like, I, you know, they are not, they are choosing to live their life in a way that I would not choose to live mine by the choices <laughs> that they're making, but I can understand why that they, you know, why they would do that. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, just as like, I mean, relaxation and release and everything. I mean, it's just like good TV can just be a nice, uh, nice way to unwind too. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. And I, I, I need to like sit down and just watch through the entirety of game of thrones i fell off like many seasons ago but um, oh you did oh, yeah, okay. so yeah i feel like it'll be a nice treat to uh to just go through but um cause I, I have a problem with that is like if i if a show is just going on perpetually i'm just like i'm like how long am i gonna need to like <laughs> like keep up with it especially like the shows that are on like cable and stuff they're like 22 episodes long every single season i'm just like mm-hmm. like oh boy okay back for another season another 22 <laughs> episodes it's like that's kind of like what um, um walking yeah. dead is for me like mm-hmm. i was watching watching walking dead religiously and then i was like you know what i i, I like I, I i didn't become invested in the characters anymore i was like oh, i don't really understand why they're doing this and i don't care so i'm not gonna watch yeah, yeah that's why I I it's off. still i don't know if it, when it's gonna end but even that it's like they have like shorter season and it still feels like <laughs> like fatigue with that show but yeah, um yeah. so uh yeah definitely credit to when like uh, like when a show can make 22 episodes feel like not enough and then certain shows make like 13 episodes feel like too many 
Um, it's just fascinating. But regardless, uh, so yeah, we'll definitely have ways um, to connect with all the good work that you're doing and uh, all the things that you mentioned as well um, in the show notes mm-hmm. for the episode. But um, yeah, we'll wrap up the episode as we always do. Uh, me as the eternal optimist, just like to hear what people are um, looking forward to in their job, life, and or the world. So it can be any one of those things or all of those things, but just, uh, yeah, anything that you are looking forward to. Sure. So I, I am in the past year, I've been developing this, um, my first tabletop game. Uh, I had uh, put it together kind of like a rudimentary prototype and I had pitched it to some publishers because my goal was to get a publisher to to want to um, buy the rights for it and then they would publish the game. They would mm. make and publish and market the game and I would earn royalties. Um, I jumped into it head first. Uh, it, the game needed a lot more revision, so I'm working through that. I actually first got, I got my first um, physical prototype of it, so I used a website called The Game Crafter to, to produce like an actual physical version of the game. I put together some art for it and it's um it's it's something to to actually have like a game that you have created (laughs) on your shelf you know with your art and your name and everything on it so i've been putting that together i've been playtesting it some more it still needs a lot more revisions but i feel like i've come a long way since i've um uh conceived it so i'm really happy to be bringing it to the table i have a a, i have a local game group that i meet with every wednesday and i play with them and they are uh, gracious enough to help me um help me play test my game with them so i'm going to be doing that tonight and I'm just um, I'm very happy with the direction it's going in, and I hope to hopefully I, it'll come to market within the next year. I, I really I sincerely hope that happens. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. amazing. And I guess yeah. like because I know some people like I guess crowdfund to like just do it themselves more independently, but like right. yeah, it also would make sense of just like it's like no, I don't want to have to deal with that. Like you're doing like the fun part of like yeah, I want to like make like design the game, but then it's like please go like <laughs> make it and distribute it and do whatever, but. Um, because yeah, I feel like that would be like the parts where I would get kind of like annoyed of just like logistics of like you know production and distribution and be like like that's not the fun part for me. Like the fun part is just like you know coming up with like sort of the philosophy of the game and the design of the game. Like exactly yeah, through that. So yeah, I did not. I'm. I mean, I'm not saying that I won't. I will never go that route. I just uh, you know, that's running a, a Kickstarter campaign is a, is having another full time job, and I'm not ready right. to take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a big, uh, pretty awesome thing to look forward to. And I think, uh, yeah, just continuing to do the uh, the good work that you're doing across all the uh, kind of endeavors that you have. And I'll uh, be very excited to see, uh, you know, what comes of those. And because um, I've seen a lot of that content that you're putting out. And so uh, mm-hmm. very cool. So, um, yeah, just appreciate your time, uh, all that you shared. And, um, yeah, like I said, just really excited to see kind of what comes of uh all that you're working on and uh like i said yeah people can connect with you down in the show notes but uh yeah just have a uh, good rest of your day and again thanks for your time thank you i appreciate it this podcast is part of the connect edu podcast network bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community check us out on twitter at connect edu pod or at connect network thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.